Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Posting and Toasting Show. Glad you guys can be here. Schwinn's on the other line. What up, Schwinn? What up? All right. And we have probably, uh, I don't know, Schwinn, is he a friend of the show, an enemy of the show? A friend of uh, A friend of me of the show? Okay, friend so we have, we have one of our top frenemies of the show, James Marcita. James, yeah! how's it going? Oh, oh, oh! I got to make up for Schwinn's embarrassing lack of energy. So it's going great. And sometimes Friday night just gets the best of you. You know, can't do anything yeah, about that. Yeah, can't man. Control like, that. What'd you do? Anything good? I mean, nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty. Yeah, you know, you know me. Just, uh, you know, I live clean. You know, my body is a temple. You live the uh, straight edge life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I water a soda on a Friday night really gets me going. <laughs> oh man, what type of soda was it? You know, Mountain Dew, Code Red. Ooh, Code, a Code Red. Red. That's a that's a bold choice for your once a week soda. Yeah, you know, uh, I like to push the boundaries sometimes. You guys remember Surge? Remember that soda, Surge? Surge, oh yeah, I do. That was like it was like seventeen percent more caffeine. Like, do we really need that? Yeah. Can that was that? like the first fad I was aware of. I don't know if that's true, but it was one of the early. Jolt. Jolt was one too, right? Jolt Cola. Yeah, yeah Jolt, Jolt was big. Surge just took like, you know, fourth graders by storm. That and like snap yeah. bracelets were kind of the two first fads I remember. Well, oh, you know, the snap bracelets actually came back not too long ago. I thought really? I saw one in the wild the other day. They exist yeah, they, again? They've been well, unoutloutlawed? Is well, that no. Trump, is that like Trump a bro Trump thing? That feels like a bro thing. Decision. No, they were is back in the style, but uh, back like a couple years ago, like everyone was wearing snap bracelets for oh, for like a year every, or so. Everyone yeah. in Dallas where you lived? <laughs> everyone in Dallas, everyone Mark in... Mark was just all yeah. snap bracelets. So just like all MAGA people were... Yeah, pretty much. Mark Cuban had it for every uh, <laughs> woman his employees sexually harassed. He had one for each one on his arm. Got him. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to roast Mark Cuban every single episode until I get, like, a lawsuit for, like, this is slander and liable for my uh, my image or something like that. That that make me feel happy. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Shitting on Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, enough uh, enough chit-chat. We're, we have a very, very important uh, topic we're discussing today. Probably the most important topic to ever come about. In the NBA, we, probably ever. Are, are we talking about James's sex life? Is that what's happening here? Yes. And by James's sex life, we're talking about uh, player empowerment. Um, Shwin, you were the one who uh, brought this up, and I'm going to like paraphrase what you said. You can always like you know correct me if I was uh, wrong in the mischaracterization. But um, there's like this tension, like they did, like you wanted to talk about this because there's almost like these conflicting ideas and these like thoughts and feelings between. You know, like players, this current wave of player empowerment versus almost like self-responsibility. And it's kind of hard to kind of like separate the two between it. And we just kind of wanted to like work out our thoughts and like takes on it. Is that, is that a fair thing to say that you wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I had in mind. Okay. So, um, um do you want to lead it off for your take on it or do you want me or James to? Yeah. I mean, I don't really through? necessarily have like a take, but. I have like conflicting thoughts on it because I'm all for like players, you know, having agency to do what they want. But, you know, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's almost like players have less. I just feel like everybody gets excuses made now. Like, oh, he didn't win because of this and this guy didn't win because of that. And, right. you know, like, like, I mean, Devin Booker is a perfect example. People are like, oh, like, well, this guy is, you know, it's not his fault. The team sucks. It's like, look, if he's that good, why is the team consistently a bottom three team? Like, it, you have to, I'm, I'm all, like, I, I get that it's not always black and white and it doesn't always, it never really boils down to one player or not, but like, I think players need to be held to a standard and with kind of like how active guy it's like as soon as there's adversity guys are like looking for a move or looking for a change and looking for a new place to play and forcing trades and all this shit and it's just like i don't know i don't really i don't get that i don't i don't 
care for that aspect of it. Um, and I do wonder if like having these short term contracts that owners pushed for actually has kind of backfired in that way because players are just like they, they can get out sooner, right? Like you remember back in the day, like fucking give like Jamal Crawford a seven year contract. Shannon Anderson, 145 year contract. Yeah, I mean, well deserved, earned it. <laughs> I, I, here's my so for me, it comes down to when you're talking about player empowerment. It's like what rights do players deserve, and what do you owe to an employer? So there's different you know situations in which a player sort of like flexes their their power, and I, I'm more sympathetic when it comes on a rookie contract on a lot of levels because I think if you're talking about what rights do a player deserve. I think they should have the right to pick where they work given, you know, demand. Like if someone wants them, I think rather than a draft, I don't think that's really fair from like a, I, I don't think it's fair from a, just a, a labor it's standpoint. It's not very American. It's not very American. Um, so, you know, I'm not a fan of the draft from a labor standpoint. So like I'm really sympathetic when someone's like, get me out of here. I never want to be here to begin with, regardless sort of of how well or not a front office is executing a plan. But then if you have someone like Paul George, who's already forced himself out of a place once, and I was like, you know what? There's something better. Get me out of here no matter what. I don't celebrate him going to L.A. as like player empowerment. I do think if you're an adult and you sign a contract and there hasn't been some sort of like wild breach of that contract on the other person's part, um, then you owe it to them to stick it out, you know? Uh, so like if, if, you know, ultimately in like, on, on planet Earth, like, everyone just gets whatever the fuck they can. So I guess, like, if you want to do something and you figure out a way to do it, good for you on some level. But I'm not going to, no matter what, be like, this is great for labor because you just, like, got to cancel this contract and, you know, nothing matters. I, like, I really, I think it's crazy. Like, we've just had back-to-back years where, like, elite, elite players hunted a year of their prime to get a move. Yeah. Like, Kawhi punted a year of his prime to get a move and AD punted a year of his prime to force a trade. And it's like, like the AD thing is especially ridiculous just cause like how he, at least Kawhi was just like weird and quiet. And it was like, everybody kind of knew what was up, but he didn't, you know, he didn't blow like he, he wasn't, I, I think it is a good thing to not be public with it. Even if everybody can kind of read the tea leaves Whereas I think the AD thing was just handled so poorly on his end. And like, I'm fine with him saying the Pelicans suck and they're, they've been mismanaged and I'm at a point in my career where like, I'm not going to resign here. So just get me the fuck out. I'm fine with that, but I'm not fine with like, you have a year and a half left in your contract and you're just not going to play games. Like I, I, I don't, and, it, and the thing is like, people will be like, well, you know, the organization held him out. And it's like, yeah, of course they held him out because the guy wants out and he's their most valuable trade asset. Like he's kind of forcing them to hold him out. Why would you want to like if if he wants to leave and you have no shot at the playoffs, no shot at anything, why would you play him? And right? He was playing on an extension, right? Like a max extension. Yeah, he got a max extension. Yeah, he's yeah. So it's that. less sympathetic then because they sucked before, you know. Like it wasn't some uh, oh my god, like I just figured out like it's the same people he, in charge. He valued getting the max money more than getting out. And exploring the market, right. right? Like that was his choice at that time. He made that choice because if, if AD goes to him, he's like, "Look, I don't want a five-year contract. I want a three-year contract with a player option." Are, are they going to say no? No, they're going to be like, "Okay, fine, whatever the fuck you want." If he just like holds firm to that, because even if even if they refuse to offer that to him, he can be like, "Okay, well, I can get that exact offer in free agency, and you're going to end up matching it. So you might as well just give it to me." Um, right. It is weird because I don't ever sympathize with the the governors. Uh, of the NBA, and I'm not like mad that they were wrong, but from a fan standpoint, it sucks. You get this guy, you think you have him for however long, and then they're gone. I don't know that it needs to be. The thing is, like, what do you do to change that? Like, I think we all kind of agree that 80s kind of a little bitch in some ways, right? Um, would I say yeah. that to his face? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't, because I'm a little I bitch would. too. I, uh, no, I would say it, dude. I could take him. You've seen me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. Know. Schwinn's like, yeah. he's the kind of guy, like, he would duck down real quick and slice his Achilles. That's what I, I would definitely like. punch him in the balls. Yeah, okay, I can yeah. see that. Uppercut? Yeah, that would be the move, right? Because I don't really even have to, like, duck to uppercut him in the balls. I yeah, just, be like, 
Yes, big, he's a big man. He's a basketball player. They're tall. But yeah, like, what do you, do you guys have an idea for, should something be done to curb it? Or is it enough that we can just call these people out in the public sphere and in front of our millions of, of fans as being little whiny babies? All right. I have a, um, an idea, like a half-baked idea that I didn't really uh, flesh out at all. So we can work it out. So when we talk about the idea of like player empowerment and we equate the, um, the, the NBA players to laborers in the context of we are laborers in our own, in our own markets. But the difference between, I would say the three of us as laborers compared to, you know, an NBA player is that they're actually signing contracts, right? Like there's actually defined years of employment in terms of you're going to play X amount of years for this organization. Um, I don't know how you guys are structured. Right. It's, not, it's not at will. It's not at will. Exactly. So the idea of like, since I'm hired at a specific organization, I didn't sign like a contract as, you know, as like a contractor as like, I could do that, but I'm working for this organization at will. And then there's a courtesy, like almost like a professional courtesy of I'm going to be leaving in X amount of weeks to do so. What if we just get rid of contracts in a way, like an actual year to find contract so we can actually there's actually more free market and free freedom of movement in the idea of you, you get what I'm kind of getting at. Like the idea, like I think we're like, when we, wouldn't, when that, media, wouldn't that just exacerbate, wouldn't that just exacerbate the problem? Cause then guys would be like, like if, if you can basically cancel, you have to have contracts because if you don't have contracts, then like the entire structure of the league is impossible because what if, if you, it's just, if it just, cause how do you, you can't, you have to have like a cap, right? You have to have a salary cap. If you if you have at will employment, a salary cap becomes way weirder to negotiate uh, from a league standpoint. What if we and got rid of trades? If we got rid of what? There's no trades. Like the team and the player have to honor the specific years of the contract. You eliminate the concept of trades. That interesting. Would suck. <laughs> there's no. There's yeah, no I mean, yeah, yeah. It would I mean, suck. Like, but like, I, I think. No, I, I think I think there needs to be like a so like for example, right? When AD basically like forced like played his hand and the Pelicans were forced to sit him, or not forced to I, again, I guess they chose to sit him. But I think we can all agree, like to an extent, from their end as a business, it made sense to protect their investment to just yeah. Sit, if, he pu- if he pulls right? a KD, then you're screwed. So, right. So yeah. like so like my thing is they couldn't find him. He couldn't be fined for that. And like to me, I think if you're, there needs to be a standard where like, like if you request a trade, I think your contract should automatically be reduced. Like it should, it should be a, you should get paid less. You should, you should, or you should get fined or something. Like there needs to be some record. And I hate, I hate this because like mm. I hate siding with the owners and shit like that. Yeah. But like it, it is like I, I think it's complete bullshit that like guys, like Paul George. Resigned last summer, right? He, he had full opportunity to explore the market and he literally chose to not explore the market. He fucking resigned the minute they had that huge party. Remember, like they had him and Russ had some like stupid party in fucking Russ's house and Nas performed or some shit. Wait, really? I don't remember yeah. that, but that's yeah, yeah, that was a like, whole thing. Like Nas flown out to and Oklahoma he, City. Yeah. And he was like, I'm back. We got something to prove, like that, you know, we're trying to prove that. You know, if Melo wasn't here, we would have won the chip. Um, Do you think he used to hate me now like a hundred times in a row? Yes, I hope yeah, so. Definitely. We probably did Uchi Wally a hundred times. Uh, and, but like, you know, like, he chose to do that. And then a year later, he just goes to the team and is like, hey, get me, like, I got this chance with the Clippers. Like, can you guys trade me there? And like, Do you sure, think, yeah, let me just, let, let me just get, right? Like, but whatever. Well, but on the flip side, right, you talk about like, uh, Finding them for what demanding a trade or whatever. What if an owner, I mean, they are unscrupulous. So what if you're in a situation where someone just decides all they want to do is maximize profit and they get rid of all their best players or whatever dumb shit that owners have done throughout, you know, the but history like, of ownership you, you, and then they have a legitimate case to want to get out. You know what I mean? Like, but like, do you think, I think the league is financially in a place where that doesn't really happen that much anymore. Like, sure. Yeah, there I mean, my first example is I'm thinking more of like baseball, to be honest. So maybe yeah, that maybe happens right. in baseball all the time. But like in basketball, like I mean, just in terms of the NBA, I feel like 
sure, when you rebuild, you want to get off long term salary, but that's more because like, well, yeah, that's just yeah, it's it, it, it's not really about like the. Well, what if you aren't? What if you are not expecting a rebuild and then they change course? Like they sign you to a three year yeah, deal, and then like I in year like, two, they're like, you know what, we're stripping it all down, and you're like, what am I doing here? Not, I don't yeah, know. I, like I can think of an example. Maybe maybe each team should get like maybe maybe a player should get one. They like they should get a veto. Like at one point or something. Like the, I, I think the way I would do it is that the first two years, like so, if a if a team signs four year, whatever, anything over let's say two years, right? The first two years of any contract, that player cannot, unless unless they approve the trade. So like for the first two years, essentially every player should have a no trade clause, I think. And then after that, and then it's like so then you're giving the player like. You know what I mean? Like they're at least getting some stability there with their contract for the first couple of years. The, port, um, the Paul the George kind law. Of has to, yeah, but and then like the team has to like you know you it, it kind of eliminates the idea of like well we'll sign this guy and then we'll just move him for assets or Blake Griffin. You, yeah, 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 exactly. Like you know what I mean? Like I think if you give a player like look for the first two years you basically don't have to move in a trade unless you want to move. I think that's a pretty good compromise. Um, because I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the current, like, I, I, mean, I don't know. It's just so weird to me how we're in a place where like, as soon as a player makes it clear they want out, like they just get out. Well, and I, I, I don't know. Do, I wouldn't do like a two year sort of window. I think it would be more of like, if players are going to get fined for requesting trades, maybe the, the, re- you know, the thing, the thing that benefits them would be they have the ability to just veto a trade. That kind of happens. Like, cause sometimes there could be a trade where they actually do want to go. Like if they're, like Blake Griffin probably would have vetoed the trade to Detroit. And I feel like that would have been fair if he vetoed it. But if you wanted to, if they presented a deal to him, be like, Hey, you're moving to, oh, I don't know, like Miami or something like that. And he's like, you know, what? I wouldn't mind being, you know, on the heat and living in Miami. Yeah, sure. I'll accept the trade. I feel like there almost needs to be. Like, a player just can't be traded at will, right? And if a player – because if the idea is, like, if we're going to fine a player for requesting a trade, like, the player should at least have power to decide where he's going to be traded then if there is a trade that happens or is proposed to happen. Yeah. I I, I don't know. It's it, There's no easy solution here. I just – I don't know. Uh, for me, it just I, – I just find it, like – it's 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 almost like disturbing how I hate the idea of like loyalty in sports or whatever. But like, how can you build something if players are just not really committed to it? And like, I, I don't know. I I don't know if there's an easy answer, or easy solution. I don't think there really is. I think we're kind of in a space where uh, players know they have this power, and I do think. Whenever the CBA is up, which is what, 2021 or something, that, that there's probably going to be a lockout, at least for a little bit. I don't know if it'll cost games, but, uh, I, I find it hard to imagine that owners are, are, are happy with the status quo. I think that's fair. It's a weird issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's just strange. I, I don't know. Like, I don't have a right answer. I don't know if there is a right answer. I just, like, I'm all, all for players having agency. I just, at the same time, feel like having agency and exercising it just because you have it isn't necessarily something to be like, you know, praised and lauded, which it weirdly was like the Porzingis thing was weird too. Cause a lot, so many people were like, yo, yo, yeah, he just wanted out and he got out. And it's like, okay, but like, that's a little bitch move. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think shame too. is the answer, honestly. Like, cause we've seen that these guys do care about how they're perceived as most humans do. Right. So if you guys just do your part to shame the idiots, um, that might be the answer we need. Well, sort of. that that kind of depends on like the person of self too. Like KD obviously cares about public image, but like in because in terms of because he has like burner accounts and he like goes at people. I don't know if like Chris has like KD's cares about that because he's too busy getting beat up by Russians in Latvia. Like I don't know if he actually cares about like, I think- public perception. 
KD is incredible because he cares so much about public perception, and then he consistently makes moves that like are <laughs> so easy to clown. Yeah. He's yeah. a moron. He loves yeah. Kyrie Irving. Like, he's been pied piper to Brooklyn by Kyrie Irving. Like you know, come on. Yeah, so I was actually listening to uh, what was the Open Floor podcast. This is like two weeks ago, and they had uh, Michael Leon. He writes for the Athletic. I think he used to write for like Yahoo Sports. Um, mm-hmm. but he's like been pretty connected with KD and a lot of like the I think DMV I guys. To this one as well. Yeah. And he was saying like, so he had heard up until March that it was like, you know, KD and Kyrie were all about the Knicks or whatever. And then in March at some point he said he had heard that, and this is exactly how he worded it. And this is a guy that is like, again, he's like, been pretty connected with Katie's inner circle and is general is generally like pretty kind of like I don't want to say a cheerleader but he's got a positive relationship with Katie let's just say that and he was saying that like in he's like yeah and then in March he just heard like yeah uh I guess Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn and he's like telling Katie that that's what they should do and when I heard that I was like so this dude really got rec- like He's, I mean, I get, I think by the, when he got hurt initially, people had kind of reached the consensus that he was the best player in the league. And right. he got recruited to Brooklyn by Kyrie. And like, I, I mean, that's fine. It's, he can choose what he wants, but like, that's so fucking weak, man. Like, if you are that guy, you should, it's, it's like the same issue I had with LeBron when he went to Miami. It's not that he went to Miami. It's like, but if you're that, that guy, you should get people like you should be the one driving these choices, um, and not you like you should be getting recruited by lesser players. I find that very weird. Yeah, I mean he's like just emotionally stunted. I think, and you see that in all kinds of ways. Obviously the burners, um, but then you know just even that interview that he gave recently where he's like the plan was always the Nets. You know, it's yeah, like a, what was it's like that? a child who got caught like mid cookie jar breaking being like, I didn't do it. Like we all know you did it. What's the matter with you? Just sit, like you can politely decline things. Be like, I'm not going to talk about the past. I'm really excited to be in Brooklyn. There's like a million different ways. And I know we don't pay them to speak, but it was such an obvious lie. It's like ridiculous, you know, and or he just say he changes my things. No, but what's he doing? You know, he's well, a child. Just, don't, don't insult our intelligence. Like That's really all it is. It's like, yeah, look, you man, know. if you, if you, if you want to, like, if he had just been like, look, I like I wanted to go to Brooklyn. Like it, it was it wasn't so much what he said; it's how he said it. He made it sound like so ridiculous that there were these rumors floating around all year. It's like it's like, dude, shut up, man! Like you, all you haters are spreading lies. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up, man! <laughs> like if that's what you okay. need to tell yourself, that's what I'm saying, though. Like I don't know that he. On some level, I almost feel bad for him because I do believe the reports of like – I don't really feel bad for a spoiler alert. But I do believe these reports that he wanted to go to the Knicks regardless of Kyrie and then got hurt and was like, well, I'm going to suck. So I don't want to go there by myself and then have everyone shit on me. Like that sounds believable, honestly. And you're not going to say that out loud. So I get that. But then just talk about why you like Brooklyn. Be like, look, it's great, it's great here, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, like there's just so many ways to diffuse that kind of thing. And the fact that he still doesn't get that – at whatever age he is with his bald ass head is kind of remarkable. It's like, you're too old for this dude. You're he's younger, he's, he's younger, he's younger than you and he's bald, man. Yeah. Shameful. It's because he's been telling all these lies. It's a known fact that lies make you go bald. I just spit truth. So I got a full head of hair. <laughs> isn't, uh, isn't LeBron younger than James fire. too? And he's also bald. Yes. Is LeBron younger than James? Uh, yeah. Let's just say yes. We don't. We don't need the internet. I'm about to be 37 in a month. So yeah, I think Jesus, you're so fucking old. Yeah, that's a rough. I want to. How many butt heavies you're gonna have to celebrate your 37th birthday? 37. Yeah, you have to have one. That's how it works, right? Every year you just add one more beer that you have to have that day. And then you, yeah, you you draw a marker on your arm every beer that you drink. (laughs) (laughs) I remember remember actually from that on my. I remember actually doing that on like my 19th birthday and I felt like such a fucking tool the next day when I woke up. That's good. I'm glad you felt that way afterwards. <laughs> Cause I knew people who did that for 21 or whatever and they were like the corniest people. I was like, dude, yes, I'll drink that much probably, but you know. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I did this in six hours. Like, okay. <laughs> but 
Why do I care? The friends who are too obsessed and you start drinking, like, how many have you had, bro? It's like, enough to be drunk. Like, shut up. Like, like dude, I've had, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm actually also super high right now. <laughs> Drew, get us back on track. Uh, I'll get us back on track. I'm going to give you guys a choice of either a question I have that's related to um, our discussion about player empowerment, or we can just dive into the pitiful amount of questions that we got from our, uh, from people who listen to the show. I mean, you guys got to step up with these questions. Like, when the tweet comes out of posting and toasting, I mean, ask a bunch of questions. Don't ask. You I've, know, not like four I've of you. always, I've always found that insulting the, the, our, our listeners is the best way to. It's a major uh, key. Yeah. It's, I think yeah, it's really. It <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it works. I mean, don't you like abuse the person and they like stay with you because like that's all they know? Like, I'm pretty sure that's how relationships work. Now tie it back to Mark Cuban somehow. Well, I mean, that's how Mark Cuban like treats his employees and his employees treat women that way as well. For some reason, women still will are willingly working for the Mavericks organization, which makes no sense. It's like, ladies, like stop working for them. They're awful human beings. They're disgusting. They don't treat you properly. Like, go work for a company that wants you and respects you. Drew is victim-blaming now. I'm going to write the meanest review oh, I'm oh, on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. And Drew is victim-blaming. My goal oh, is to get you at least three angry reviews. Talk, like, how, like, oh, oh, man. they just won't stop talking about their woke opinions. The shitty yeah, setup. When, uh, when, when you hosted Locked on Knicks before Gavin, um, like, didn't you have one person that just always would leave you shitty reviews? Yeah, um, one person was furious that no, there were a couple. There's more than one. Believe you me. <laughs> one person was furious that I had an introduction. I was like, he just says all the shit he's gonna talk about. Just get into it. <laughs> so, so first of all, like it's like company edicts that we do this, bro. Like chill out. Second of all, like, every podcast except for your guys uh, does this. So maybe you, maybe you're innovating. I hope this guy's listening to your show because is being lazy innovating because that's fine. Yeah, that's it, yeah, that's, that's what disruption <laughs> is. But I did have one guy who was like four star. He gave me four stars and he was like, yeah, like really like good, blah blah blah. But I fucking hate his opinions. Like he's like a little bitch. Like, but he still gave me four stars <laughs> and I was like, nice, all right. He hated my politics. That's that's when I knew I was doing something right. Some MAGA asshole was like, fuck this guy, but. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> but the basketball's good. It's good. All right. So uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's track again. No more so, empowerment. No more player empowerment stuff? All right. We're just going to go to a bunch of uh, Pod questions. host empowerment era. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to do that. So our first question is from um, – Shwain, is he friend of the show or friend of me? Uh, Stink. He's friend of the show, right? We'll say, like, good friend. Yeah. Yeah, good a good ally, solid yeah. ally. Yeah, our good friend and allies, uh, Stink, on uh, Twitter asked, in the end, well, in the end end, does AJ wish he got clipped too? And does he go about in pitying himself because he didn't get clipped? So if you losers don't know what we're talking about, AJ is uh, Tony Soprano's son, so we're talking about the Sopranos, like we should do. And um, if you didn't understand the end of the Sopranos, uh, Tony dies. So, you know, spoiler alert. If you guys haven't watched The Sopranos. So, um, what do you guys think? Do you think, uh, AJ wish he got clipped? Well, first of all, I just want to make sure everybody knows that James is the only human being in the history of the world that's watched The Sopranos 6,000 times and likes AJ as a character. Great character. Great character. <laughs> Even better arc. I mean, when he's in the woods with that girl, like, making out to Bob Dylan and the car catches on fire, that's one of the great scenes in uh, television history. Oh, I like, I, I prefer when he, uh, does the rope too long in the pool. That yeah, when he tries to kill himself unsuccessfully because he's such an idiot. Oh, he's good. I, I, I don't, I don't think, to answer the question, I don't think he's upset that he isn't dead by the end of the show. I think he, like, I don't think he really wants to die. I don't, he's like kind of like an aimless person in the, in the final season, which I think is like what they're trying to drive home. Um, yeah. I don't know. He, he's, I, know. I think he's happy with the, he struggles with it for a little bit, but then he comes out like he is stupid, you know, and then he comes out of it like, okay, I'm driving a Mercedes and picking up my high school girlfriend like a creep. Well, 
Like, I feel great. So if, well, here's the thing. So when Tony first dies, does AJ want to like kill himself? I don't think so. But if the Sopranos then get ostracized the same way Vito's family does and they have like no money and whoever is Tony now is like bashing in Carmela's windows with a golf club, then AJ might be upset if he doesn't have the material trappings that he loves so much. But I mean, that, that's the whole point of the final. Right. It's like just show how like everybody gets corrupted by Tony. (laughs) <laughs> like, because everybody does. Yes. Uh, like, their entire family does, basically. They all, they all succumb. But, like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think AJ, like, w- what even drove his initial suicide attempt, right? It wasn't, like, any specific occurrence, if I remember. Like, I don't think it was, like... I'm a little some... foggy. Is it after that, uh, the woman dumped him? Is that when he, like, spiraled? Or was it That was part of it, and then... That was part of it. And then wasn't it also after Tony gets out of the hospital and then like he tries to go kill Junior? Yeah, it was it was like this whole string of events where like he got dumped. <laughs> he tried to kill Junior because like he's like oh, he's gotta get revenge. Worst, it's the worst. It's the worst murder attempt ever too. His plan was just like yeah, so I'll just like go to his like <laughs> adult care facility with a fucking gun. Like what? <laughs> and shoot him in front of everyone. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, I'll just walk out. It'll be fine. Like, no, it won't be fine. He's the worst version ever of like Michael Corleone. Like that's the it's. Uh, he, it's he's like thing. he's like if Fredo tried to do everything Michael did. He's. Yeah, no, I would watch. I would watch that movie. That'd be a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. Not like everybody says. But that's why AJ's great because he's the most pathetic, oh stupidest character God. ever. Because he's Shut a natural up. progression of this like deterioration of the Sopranos gene, which was like disease to begin with. And this is the next generation. Tony's already like the half-assed second generation, and then his son is just this mutant who's incapable of anything. Um, I it's love. Purposeful. It's purposeful. I don't know. I, I love. I love. It. I love when Tony just like he tells him he's like yeah, yeah, Bobby's. Bobby's dead. AJ's like, this is really sad. I'm really depressed. And then Tony just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> That's so such a I'm, good scene. I want to carry this like television discussion for our next question from uh, Pierce Hawthorne on Twitter. It's He basically has, like, he knows that James and I have strong takes on TV. He's not sure about you, Schwinn, but he wants yeah, to know the top, top five shows, right? Top five shows of all time and maybe a couple sleepers we don't think, you know, that probably should be closer to, you know, like top tier status. So okay. uh, what do you guys have for that? Hmm. Um, I mean, The Sopranos is the best show of all time, no question. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm with, there with that too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't prepare for this show. I saw the question. I refused to think about it because I wanted to come in just, you know. Well, well everyone knows that podcasts are better when we're not actually prepared and there's like dead air for us to like think about things. Like everyone well, loves silence. Have, on have we actually ever prepared for a podcast? No. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to prepare. Shame. I don't know what's uh, up there. So, I've been watching Mad Men again, and that's definitely like a I think great show. I, I, I don't want to rank it after The Sopranos, but it'd be like The Sopranos is it's the best show, and then like in that top five, I think Mad Men's in the top five. The Wire's hundred percent in the top five. Um, and then like, and then I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess a lot of people will say Breaking Bad is in the top five. I guess I don't think it's so. there. Not I don't me. know. It's good. I, it's not for me though. I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's very rewatchable. I, I think tried to rewatch it a couple times and have quit. I'm like, eh. I mean, I watched it once. I think for Breaking Bad, the reason why it's so beloved, it was like the first time like millennials had like their own television show, like during the time of them coming of age. So they're like, oh my god, this show is absolutely amazing. So that's what I actually think the whole like Breaking Bad obsession is. It's almost similar to Game of Thrones as well. Like the idea of like this is like the show of our generation, so we're gonna prop this up to this all time no, 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 status. No, kind no, of see, forgetting see, about the problem. The, the, the problem here is that Game of Thrones was awesome until they ran out of source material. That show was genuinely awesome until that point. But then like after season five, they ran out of source material and. Uh, yeah, let's we'll just say the writing dropped off. Let's we'll just say the just writing a, just, dropped off. Just a bit. Just a smidge. <laughs> just um, if, a I, smidge. if I were to do, I could come up with like four. So I think for me, I think for like a personal list, like it's The Sopranos is the best show. Then it comes down to like, there's like The Wire 
I haven't finished Mad Men, so I can't really like put it up there yet. Disgusting. For me. Absolutely. I like it disgusting. more than The Wire at this point, honestly. Um, I like, think, you know, I not think... a lot on basketball Twitter because The Wire is about black people, so it's like more woke. Everyone's like, oh my god, I'm so woke. I love The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's it's a great show, and like that's uh, do I sound racist? I don't know. Like no, that's, no, it, is. it doesn't make it worse because it's about black people. But pe- there's like there's a thing, there's a thing going on. That's all I'm saying. Open it's, your eyes, people. This is the, the wire is basically like it's a great show. It's great. It's an important show. I think everyone should watch the wire because like how like nuanced it is. But I do think there's like an element of like a bunch of like fake woke like white millennials are like you just don't understand. It's virtue signaling. Like, like, it's it's great, but give me a fucking like. You, there's other things, you know. To act like it's science that it's the best show is so stupid, you know. Well, that's so kind I, of the thing. Um, yeah. I'm trying, for me, I would add uh, Twin Peaks and the uh, Twilight Zone. Respectable. It's just I I have I have a problem. Like I can't really think of like a fifth show to really add that's like up to their sort of like quality of like so, to me at least like those. Shows. I always have like various shows that I just kind of like, like uh. I actually think House of Cards up until like season after like the first three seasons, I think are awesome. Um, yeah, but then really it dropped good. off and then Kevin Spacey revealed he was Kevin Spacey. Um, so that's a little strange. Uh, I think Mindhunter right now is really fucking good. Uh, both seasons have been awesome. So that's the one I like. I love the shield. I would probably, I would, the shield would be in my top five. And a lot of people have not watched the shield or don't even know what the fuck it is. There's like a cop drama on uh, FX and it's great. It's, it's definitely it's, critically acclaimed. So like people are yeah. with you at least. Yeah. People do like the shield. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, TV. if you have watched that, you should love it. And then I would like, so I guess my top five would be Sopranos one. And then in some order, I'm not going to bother ranking them, but it'd be like the wire Mad Men, The Shield, and I don't, am I allowed to, am I allowed to just do like True Detective season one? I think I'm allowed to do that, right? Cause each yeah. season is different in True Detective. It's not that like is, a show yeah. where it's like, you know, but like True Detective season one, yeah, that should we'll, be. We'll, uh, we'll let you do it. It's your list. We're not gonna, we're not yeah. gonna shame you at all here. That, that would be my, that would be my top five. Yeah, you I know, don't really have like sleeper shows at the moment. For right me, now. yeah, I, I've got so Sopranos at the top, and then I don't have like a list, kind of like Schwinn. I can think of things that I think are great though, and I've watched a ton. Um, the Larry Sanders show—that's an excellent, show. that's an excellent television show. But that's—are we? Should we be separating like comedy and drama? Oh, are you so. afraid of the dark? Are you Ooh, afraid of the dark? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's a great one. Uh, so about, uh, your shorts. Salute your shorts. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, I think of awful wobbles and, and purple nurples like all the time still. <laughs> Salute your shorts really got in me. Bobby Budnick got deep. <laughs> like, and then you got to think like where does Family Matters rank in all this? You know. Well, the whole TGI for you know TGIF. Yeah. yeah. Boy meets world. Like I wasn't is Corey gonna that. get back with Topanga? Topanga the babe. Gonna... I definitely saw some fake nudes of Topanga back in my printing out porn on the dot matrix printer days. Would you uh, downloading it from like LimeWire? Uh, before that, like no, message, was that. That message group, oh, like on the news group, on like the dial-up. Uh, on Napster. Hey, we'll and we also have uh, don't forget Law and Order and Law and Order SVU. Definitely yeah, Law and Order would be up there too. Um, I just I have to like I think shows where each episode is, I guess you know Seinfeld Seinfeld would have to be in the top five. So take it out. Two Detective Season 1 put in Seinfeld. Seinfeld has to get in the top five. Yeah, yeah for adding, yeah, for adding comedies, it's definitely Seinfeld. Which is amazing cool. because he's such an odious person in real life. Like, comedians in cars getting coffee is one of the most obnoxious things I've ever seen. And I've never watched it. The new season? So Yo, the new season. Oh, the new season's awful. It's he's so like, it's true, you've seen it? He's yeah, like, I've it. He's like, look at all the people who copied me. It's like, bro, you're interviewing people. You didn't invent the forum, you fucking moron. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't believe how about, like, the first couple seasons on Crackle are actually really interesting because it's literally just, like, a brief conversation, and they're focusing just, like, having coffee, and it's actually, like, really interesting to get some insight into how comedians think. But, like, these past two seasons that have been on Netflix, it's like, Jerry's just, like, only comedians can do these certain things, and I'm, like, the elite of the elite comedians. And, like, look at me getting all these people and making all these jokes, and it's just like, dude, like, you, you've... You're out of bounds now. Like, what the I, fuck are you talking about? I don't find it good, but I find it fascinating. I watch all of them because it's just like a, you're just watching like a sociopath bare his soul. 
Yeah, that's um, what it is. Like Jerry's really is like a sociopath at this point. And it's just yeah. so interesting just to see him just like interact with other comedians. I don't know. I, I found it really interesting. I, I, I have a question from people asking us questions. At some okay. point. Wait, I got three more shows. I just want to quickly, quickly. Yeah. Okay. So Cheers is uh Get the fuck The Diane seasons of Cheers are tremendous and I've watched them like a hundred times. That, what does that mean? What what does that mean? The what seasons? The Diane seasons of Cheers. What does that mean? First romantic explain interest. That to people, explain that to people that aren't 75 years old. The Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Drew should love it because it's Boston and Drew bleeds green. Um, I love anything that's associated green, with uh, Green and white. Drew, Drew basically just walks around like Ed Norton in American History X. That's all I do. And I'm just like Celtic pride, baby. <laughs> Calling people kid. And shit like that. Um, he's, uh, no, so Cheers is one of the great, uh, sitcoms of all time. It takes place in a bar. The first like two seasons, it never leaves the bar. Um, I only go to that bar to drink too, mind you. It's at the airport? No, is the actual airport? bar where Cheers is, I only go to that place to drink. I've oh, never no, that's that Wings, else. right? That's Wings. Wings is the airport one. Cheers to Wings. Oh, that's good. That's good. I respect that. That's slander. Um, and Diane is Ted Danson's first love interest. Ted Danson's a former Red Sox who now owns a bar. He's an alcoholic. He doesn't drink. It introduces an interesting dynamic. Halfway through the show, Diane leaves and uh, Rebecca comes. She's played by Kirstie Alley and she sucks. Luckily, I, this is around the time when Frazier becomes the main character and he carries the show and it's great. I've never cared less about a synopsis of a show than I care about this. I love it so much. Moving on, two other shows which I think are underrated that people don't talk a lot about. Uh, Nathan for You is one of like the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nathan for You is fantastic. It's one of the funniest. I agree. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. Thank you. Drew has culture. And then Delocated was this old adult swim show. It's live action, but it's like a, <laughs> they make a reality TV show out of some guy who's in um, witness protection. So, like, he's wearing, like, a black ski mask the whole time. And he has his voice changed. Um, it sounds, just, sounds like a shitty version of 24, because 24 sounds better. Oh, yeah, 24 is definitely, you know what, 24 is definitely, like, 24 is the second best show of all time. 24 <laughs> and Law and & Order should go fuck themselves to death. They should get Those are some of the best life. shows ever. Like, I don't understand. Like, 24, like... 24 is perfect. Jack Bauer cuts right. off it's so realistic. Of season two. Like, I don't understand. How could you sit there and be like, that's bad? I think my favorite season of 24 was when he was addicted to heroin. That, <laughs> that was, was a good great. season. It was it? Yeah. He, yeah, he was addicted to heroin. He's, yeah, like, he's like, like, cause he went undercover. He went undercover, so he like, he's, but he's like back at CTU now. And like, Loki has this heroin addiction, so he just like kind of goes up into his office sometimes and does heroin. Yeah, it's great. And he's like <laughs> trying to hide it from all like the other agents, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I have to save the world. It's wonderful. Yeah. He's like, like, oh, Jack, we know what you're doing up here. <laughs> Cool, you don't have time for this. <laughs> Give me, uh, codes. Nobody has the codes, Jack, other than the president. Cool, you don't have time for this. Give me the codes. Trust me or not. I don't know. You're trying to blow up a fucking nuke in LA because you want to catch some terrorists. Like, Jack, I mean, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough because he saved America so many times, but it's like, you know, at some point, you're bound to fuck up, right? No. So it's yeah. tough out here for American heroes. So. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a a basketball related question right now. Boo. Uh, yeah. I have a basketball related from... question too. Okay, what's your question? Uh, I think he added you on it too, but uh, um, this is from at NY Critics with. I was actually about to read this one too, so look at that. I was gonna read it. Um, so. I'm just going to do the second one or the second tweet, but, and just specify the first thing. Biases aside, bet the under on the Mavs at 40, bet the over under on the Mavs at 40 and a half. I think that's what he was asking anyway. So yeah, the, pretty the much. line is 40 and a half. Do you go over or do you go under? I think I go over. I'm probably going over as well. Like, I mean, if, uh, number six is like healthy for at least half the season, they should, you know, Get there, like at least reach like 41, 42 wins. Like I mean, the, they'll rack up them. a ton of wins in November. We know that. <laughs> How many did they win last year? Thirty-three. But they actually had the point differential of a thirty-eight win team. Stay woke. Oh, there you go. 
I don't know, man. Uh, like, who's their starting lineup? Timmy's in it? Yeah, so it'd be yeah. Doncic. Number six. I don't know. Who's the center? Dwight Powell? Oh, yeah. Dwight Powell. Yeah, ooh. Like yeah, Dwight Powell. Dwight, Dwight Powell's a very underrated player. He has great analytics. Oh, Dylan Wright? Boban? Hi, Is Boban starting? Oh, yeah, Boban might start. He might start, yeah. And then Dellen Wright probably will start. Who's their point guard? Dellen Wright? Oh, that's right. And then Dellen Wright's like the the traditional combo guard. Yeah, yeah, Dellen Wright, Dellen Wright. I think he'll start. I'm pretty sure he'll start. They they have Jalen Brunson, too. I I think they just have enough. They have enough where I'm like... Seth Curry. Rick Carlisle is... He's... One of the best in-game coaches. I think that's a 41 win seems very much in play for them, as much as I. Oh, as long as Chris is healthy, they'll be like a 500-ish team, you know. Like so, like you said, November, December. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, the November, second part November, of this question. December are going to be crazy for for Mavs fans. Just so optimistic, and then you know it's hard though. He's he gets tired in January, man. He's talked about it. You know, it's oh, tough. Geez. Yeah, like, I'm just you know, so tired right now. I'm just so tired right now. <laughs> and then he'll do a he shot gets, to new beginnings, you know, sometime around February. Uh, looking forward to the next season with his brother. That was literally the corniest story ever. Like, yeah, so he tore his ACL. We came back to the apartment and we just, you know, we did a shot of tequila and like, that was it. I was like, you guys sound like the fucking biggest losers in the entire world. But yep. Like, Fucking, you came back to his apartment, did a shot of tequila at 1 a.m. and then went to sleep? This guy <laughs> rapped along to Riding Dirty like eight years after it came out. Seriously. Like he thought it was cool. Filmed it. Put it on the internet. I mean. He also said his favorite rapper was Drake. You know? We, how soon they forget. You know? We deluded ourselves into this fucking, this fucking guy. Sad. Sad. Yeah, he sucks. Once the chip is a dip. You know? Do you guys know the second part of this question? Because it says, like, which Duke product was going to have a better rookie season, R.J. Barrett or Daniel Jones? Like, who, who's Daniel Jones? Danny Dimes, baby! He's the, the Giants, the guy they picked at quarterback at number six overall. So. Danny Dimes! Yeah, but isn't Eli still the quarterback? I mean, yes, but Daniel Jones is likely to get minutes at some point. Me and- oh. Okay, I don't I don't care about football, so I was really weird. They're like Duke Pro. I was like, who the fuck is Daniel Jones? I was like, is he a the back point guard that got drafted? I was like, I was really probably going to be MVP this year, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it's going to be the MVP of of, of the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you just have to trust Dave Gettleman. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's just got it in his blood. It's just the hog mollies. Football guy. But okay, to answer the question, I think our I think R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett will be a better rookie. Then Daniel Jones would be a better rookie. But that's more big that's also largely because I think like the learning curve for a rookie quarterback is a lot harder and there's less like there's less minutes, right? What do you mean? Say what? Like there's less opportunity to kind of figure it out in the NFL because you only have sixteen games. Yeah. Right. Whereas like RJ Barrett gets to go out there 82 times a season and get his ass kicked. And like, I, I think he'll probably be better for it and is likely to progress more. Whereas I think Daniel Jones, I mean, who the fuck knows, man? Like Mara apparently doesn't even want to start this guy. Well, it's, they're, yeah, I mean, it's weird that they, they have this whole Eli thing. This isn't a football podcast, so I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I think if the Giants are not winning games, Daniel Jones will play. That's basically what's going to come down to it. And if they are winning games, then it, I think it's fair to not play him. Like, if they w- get to the playoffs with Eli, I mean, you know. like but the recent track records would suggest that they will not be. What? Right, right. So, I mean, I think what's more <laughs> likely is that, like, ha- six games in the season, eight games in the season, like, he starts. Um, so, are you are you actually going to watch the Giants this year? I watch him every year like an idiot, even though I'm like, <laughs> well, it, <laughs> when they suck, I, it's easy to not. But then if I think they're going to, like, they have a, a couple, they win a couple games in a row or something, I'm like, ooh, and then I start, <laughs> Like, I kind of watched some toward the end of last year, like a moron, but I don't know. I, it's having seen multiple good Giants teams, it's easy to identify when they're going to suck, like, right away. 
Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's this flavor. And so I kind of I bail on seasons early is what usually happens the past 10 years outside of when they randomly like win Super Bowls out of nowhere. Who do you think is the more great Giants talk? Who do you think is the more annoying Jets fan and the PNP no, Slack? Zach no, or Alex? I'm respecting Drew here. No, oh. they, 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 how about this? They both suck, and we're done talking football because football fucking sucks. So we're going to either end it on a serious basketball question or a joke basketball question. Your call. You can just do both, right? We got some, a little bit what? of time. All right. Both. All right, we'll do both. Streets um, want to listen to James Marcita. All right, we're going to... We're going to do the serious one, uh, first. And I got to find it again. Cause, uh, I was very organized with it. Um, okay. Yes. This actually, we're actually going to do the second, uh, question from, uh, the NY critic. The, uh, now that we're one year done, like, how do you feel about the draft? And do you believe, or don't you believe it overly benefits mediocre bad teams? Wouldn't it be simpler to wait to eliminate tanking without screwing over bad teams? Would be to give each team equal odds. So basically, like, what are your thoughts on the revamp draft? And you know, what do you think? I I have a very very specific thought in the draft, and I've talked about this a lot. I think that if you are like, if you if you finish with a bottom three record or bottom five record two years in a row, you should not have the opportunity to move up in a draft. I think you should also not be allowed to have a top five pick. I think that would do a lot to eliminate long-term tanking. Um, and also, I think the national TV money should not be equally distributed as it currently is. Uh, I think it should be distributed based on where you finish. So the way like the Premier League splits their money is that the team that wins the league gets the highest share of of the the pooled money and then the team that finishes last gets the least share so i would do that and i think that you'd see all these fucking bumfuck markets um you know push to win games more and i think a lot i mean i think owners in general would try to win games more because they're all fucking greedy billionaires that want money so um if you if you financially incentivize a reason to win and then you also provide um kind of a deterrent to long-term tanking as a rebuilding strategy. Um, I think that does more. I, I, I'm not actually a fan of like, I think the, they should go back to the old odds, um, how they were and just implement those changes. And, and that would do more than this current system. Where like, I don't know. I think it's too wonky now. I don't like the current system. I don't like how the odds are, are so stacked in favor of like finishing with a third, like winning 30 games almost seems like better than, a lot of other strategies you could have. Uh, it's weird. I don't really. Isn't that good that. then? Sort of. I mean, it, like if, it? if winning thirty games is better than winning like seventeen or whatever. Because I don't know. I mean, like the worst team still had the best odds of getting the top pick. Technically, you know what I mean. It's just like, they they just have increased odds of not getting those. It's yeah. What is? I think the range that you fall is too steep now. I think it's fucking insane. Like it's insane that the the Knicks. Reasonable. I think they had a better chance of getting the fifth pick than the first pick. That's stupid. The thing that I don't really get is how come – this is an honest question. How come in the NFL it just works where it's in reverse order of how bad you are? Like why why would that – So what does that do? I think owners don't have – like so your margin – like the odds of finishing with the same record as another team is way higher than it is in basketball, right? Right. Um, So even if you're like tanking, that's not like kind of – as foolproof as it would be in basketball. Uh, and then I'd also think like the fan bases in football will not accept like, like, okay, maybe you can take a season, but multiple seasons you can't do in football because it's like you only get as a fan, you only get 16 games, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard for people to like keep the long term picture in view as much as basketball fans do in football just because of how like, you know, you don't really get to watch your favorite team that much. So, yeah, I guess like my my only thing with tanking remains, I just don't know that it's a problem. Like, I, it just seems like there's always going to be a certain amount of teams that suck, and whether how like forcefully they're trying to suck, I don't I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Like, I, there's just, there's never going to be complete parity. There's always going to be a hierarchy, it, and I'm not convinced. I haven't seen this. Maybe it exists, but like. In the past 10 years, are there more losing teams than there were throughout the league's history? Like, is that actually a thing? Are there 
stats that verify this other than people just being upset because they hate Sam Hinkie, who is like an annoying douche. I think teams, teams are just smarter about it now, right? Like, I think that's yeah, really, that's really all it is. I mean, I'm kind of with James too. Like, tanking does really bother me. Like, it's really not that big a deal. Like, people make it out to be. Um, even like the tankers, like Hinky, like he got lucky because Embiid got hurt. Like everyone wants to say the process worked, but like that was luck. It was still luck, no matter how you slice it. I would just, I would just get rid of the draft. I think the draft is stupid, and just let play, like you know whoever wants to enter the league at like after eighteen, like go wherever they want to go and sign whatever contracts they want to sign and just go from there. Like, I mean, I think that would also, yeah, that would incentivize people to have a good team because you want young yeah, exactly. to go to it. Well, I mean, my my theory has always been the best way to do it is to un, uncap player salaries and keep a hard cap but set the cap a little bit higher. Uh, but it yeah, would be an sure. absolute hard cap. Mm-hmm. That's what I think should happen. And then and get rid of the draft. If you do all that and get rid of the draft, I think it introduces like a lot more interesting uh, long-term building strategies than currently exist. Yeah, like, I, I think that's more of the issue than, like, you know, revamping the draft. Like, yeah, just, like, whatever the, whatever the, cause the, what's the luxury threshold? It's like 120 million or whatever it is. Like, that's 121, I think, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, that should just be the hard cap. And, like, that's it. There's right. no 35% maxes or whatever it is. It's like, I, I, and, like and like, and there, and there shouldn't be, like, a way, like, to go over the cap. Yeah, like you can't go over the cap. Like that's it, and that's what it is. And if you want to sign LeBron for like seventy million a year, well, guess what? We sign him for seventy million a year, and like it is what it is. Like I, I've always found it bizarre that we have like this weird, like pseudo, like un-American, like I don't even know how. Like like it's such like NBA and sports markets are like so weird compared to like regular economies. Like I don't even really know the best way to even like talk about it. Even though we were just talking about like player empowerment and economies. Like, I don't even think, like, most of us are, like, really, like, that equipped to really, like, delve into it. And that's why I think there's, like, that's, a huge mis- that I, I feel like I'm going because you don't understand opportunity cost. Oh, is that it? Damn. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll, uh, I'll go read up on opportunity cost to, uh, fully understand it. Thanks, uh, The thanks. problem with opportunity cost is learning about opportunity cost. Opportunity costs you out of so many other things you could be doing. Shit. <laughs> you know Yo, I didn't think about that either. Right. I, I, I you know what? I think I'm just gonna read. James is so woke. It's, it's it almost hurts. It honestly does sometimes hurt. How many times have you watched The Wire? <laughs> I mean, I live it. Do you? Uh... I know it's authentic because I live that life. That's how I know how true to life it is. <laughs> Do you get like, any I sort of like I guess sleep? You are so guilty. <laughs> I mean, James really is guilty. <laughs> James would be McNulty or Bunk. That's it. Those are the only options. Yeah, there's, there's no other. You're one of those two guys, like that's it. Like you can't be anyone else. Or or you're the the uh heroin addict that's friends with bubbles that gets the shit kicked out of him. No, I wanna be bunk when he's like lighting his clothes on fire in a bathtub because he treat, cheated on his wife or whatever. Oh man, that seems so funny. That's a good one. <laughs> so good. Oh shit. Alright, we're gonna end it on uh I'm gonna say uh friend of the show, Mike Plue. He asked us a very important question. I think probably the most important question ever asked in the history of this show. Um, if each Nick player were a candy bar, which would they be and why? Each Nick player? That's, ooh, that's a lot. Um, yeah, so Mike, we're not going to do all whatever, like 17 around the roster. We'll do like, you know, whatever pops into our head. I got like, nothing against Mike, but I do want to say I hate this question because candy bars are all the same. What do you mean? Each? It's like, how are, they candy, got, bars all how are candy bars what all the fucking, same? They have chocolate and nougat and nuts. Like, it's all, it's like the Taco Bell menu. It's all just variations of the same yeah. stupid shit. How about I these mean, nuts? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wait, so you're trying to say that's, that a that's Twix. A, that's a terrible is the same take. As a that's such a like stupid take. How is a Kit Kat and a Twix the same thing? I don't know, because they're chocolate, bro. Put them both in your mouth and then tell me, Drew. <laughs> oh, we should do that. That's a great idea. How about we each get Twix bars and Kit Kats and eat them live on the next podcast? Yeah, we should we should all just put stuff in our mouths. That's what I'm saying. And there we go. That's even better. Um, I would say – I'm going to try to answer the question. I would say Mitch is the uh, Trader Joe's chocolate-covered wafer bar because it's the what best. What is this, bar. a fucking ad? It is. So I would say that's what uh, Mitch Robinson is. Then um, – RJ Barrett could be a, uh, is the left Twix bar, not the right Twix bar, cause he's a lefty. Um, 
Is anyone a payday? Totally not. Oh to man, I was just day. I was just thinking that. Who would be Kevin Knox is a payday? Payday is almost totally nuts. Who's a nutter butter? Fizdale. Fizdale. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fizdale's a milk dud. Uh, that's not a candy bar. Yeah. Shut up. It's fine. True. Just candy. Just candy. Are we just doing candies? I'm just gonna do candies. A candy bar is too limiting. Trier is a uh, would be like a tic tac. I feel like. I can see that. He's kind of got like a tic tac shaped head. Yeah, like he's just a tic tac. It just kind of just flows and just makes sense. What's what's um what's Frandall? Uh, Snickers bar. Yeah, mm. Snickers. I can see that. Or Baby Ruth, maybe. Who's a Milky Way? Is Frank a Milky Way? I think yeah, Frank Frank's a Milky, Milky Way. Way. Is the what's the best candy bar for you guys? The like best what would candy be- bar. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I never eat candy bars. We have the mini ones in like a bucket that just okay. beg you to get fat at work. The um, best one, the best candy bar. It's not even a candy bar, but it's like the uh, the Snickers like ice cream bar. Ooh, those are good. Oh, those are really good. Yeah. yeah. So that's what, that's the best one. That's really good. I do like the bite sized Milky Ways. Like you know, like the like the small ones you get at like yeah, all of yeah, the time. Like yeah, those are good. absolutely amazing as well. Have you Who's had the dark Twix? chocolate Milky Ways? Yeah, those are really good. Who's a Twix? RJ Barrett. He's the left Twix, and then the oh, right Twix. The Twix. Yeah, then the right Twix can be. Doesn't really. Dennis Smith. Uh, I don't know. Okay. okay, so Twixes are I'm like gonna... brittle though, and they snap. So that's Ooh. almost like more of a KP kind of crunch, right? Because it gets hurt, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Who's a Chip Witch? A Chip Witch? Is that really yeah, a candy bar? Witches? No, it's not. I'm just asking. Ice cream sandwich, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to uh, the It's It. It's a Bay Area ice cream sandwich that I just found out about. Really good. It's got a good cookie inside of it, covered in chocolate. Wonderful. Why are we Why are we advertising stuff that we're not getting paid for, guys? Okay. It's, I mean, I'm getting paid for the uh, the Trader Joe's advertisement. Really? Are you? Yeah. yeah. You're not getting paid for that. You get paid because you work there, Drew. That's how it works. Yeah, but then I also do advertising. Like that's part of my uh, my, that's part of my job description. It's part of your contract that you signed, your five-year contract. Yeah, five my five-year, $100 million contract. With, Wait, uh, who's the who's the Bart Simpson candy bar? What the fuck is it called? You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, oh, Butterfingers. Oh, yeah, there we go. Butterfingers. Can't oh, lay a finger oh, on my Butterfinger. That is obviously uh, Bobby Portis. Bobby uh, Portis is definitely a Butterfinger. Yeah, that makes total yes. sense. Butterfingers is a great – it's a great – um filling for the like Wendy's shit or not Wendy's the uh, what is the, it the, the frosty the no the no, uh, uh, fucking dairy queen they got the uh, oh the blizzard yeah the blizzard oh man i haven't had one of those in so long i want that i think i'm like, i'm going to try to get that today you should, you should. and yeah, like I've Oreo earned and I've, earned I've earned it you know you've earned it you've worked really hard on this part the podcast yeah I've, I've worked really hard on this podcast i went out really hard last night i think if anybody's earned it it's me the yeah. best thing is self-care after you get too drunk. You're like, I really yeah. deserve this. Like, yeah. I deserve this sausage, egg, and cheese. That right now. So bad. I worked for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, that's, um, I, that's the worst part about drinking as you get older is I feel like the self-care part of it the day after it just gets more and more expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, this may be a good place to end everything. Um, James, do you have anything <laughs> to, to to promote? Or plug, uh, it doesn't really matter. It yeah, man. Buy NBA 2K20. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, uh, oh everywhere. God. It's everywhere, uh, September 6th, the full game. You can download the demo now for Xbox, PlayStation 4, and Switch. That's Thanks. it. That's all you're gonna plug. Um, <laughs> what are the most popular else? Yeah. video games? All, all I'm gonna plug is a AAA title. That's one of the most successful video games of all time. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna plug. Done. What are you, a fucking, are you, you get, you're just a fucking <laughs> spokesperson for this shit? I am. As a matter of fact, I'm, they just fired Ronnie 2K to make me the guy. <laughs> oh, is that breaking news? Are you, are you reporting that? <laughs> Violating my NDA, NDA by telling you this. I've signed an NDA because I'm a very important person with access to very important information. Uh, but yeah, Ronnie's out, I'm in. Alright, well that's breaking news guys. You heard it here first on the Posting and Toasting show. So, uh, Schwinn, do you have anything to plug, promote, anything like that? No, I I've been trying to get myself to write, and it's like I just can't do it. But oh, I'm yeah. gonna try. 
read my season preview on Julius Randle. I posted. Yeah, YouTube. and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get a season preview done of somebody. I signed up for a few. I don't even remember who, but I'm gonna try to get it done. As a professional yeah. writer, Ashwin, mm-hmm. my advice is just you just gotta you know just put it down on the page. Then you craft it, you mold it like a sculpture. You gotta get that clay out, you know. <laughs> get that clay out, then mold that clay. Yeah, yeah, and then salt the pasta water. That's right. Don't flush your shits. It's bad for the environment. <laughs> do, do we flush or piss though? Uh, piss out your ass. Don't flush shits. That's what I say. Nice. nice. That's that's really good advice. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna plug this uh, podcast called the Posting and Toasting Show. It uh, it comes on every Monday. It's hosted by Drew Steele and Ashwin Ramnath and Jonathan Macri and Budum Budum and James Marcita and Stink and Matthew Miranda and did I forget anyone? No, I think I, I think I got. It. That was that was the joke. Uh, Schwinn, thanks for uh, Alex. Thanks for Alex it. Hosa. Great host. Yeah. Good person. Yeah, no. My best friend. <laughs> your best friend is Alex Wolf of the uh, of Lockdown Knicks. Yeah, just such a good guy, you know. Just, just a beautiful person, really. All right, we're gonna end on that. So uh, see you until next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>